Thanks, Daniel. Well, my name is, excuse me, <clears throat> my name is Ron Cool, and I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. Again, it's a joy to welcome all of you here. This summer, we've been working our way through Paul's letter to the Galatians, all right? He's been making our way through that, and we said it was one of Paul's earlier letters. We said it was one of Paul's passionate letters, and we've also said that if we're going to understand what Paul is saying to this group of Christians in this area called Galatia, these churches there, we've got to understand what the problem was. Paul doesn't write this letter just kind of to say, hey, how you doing? Things going all right? Here's what's going on with me. No, there's a problem, and, and Paul wants to address it. Paul wants to confront it. Paul wants to, to deal with it. And so let's make sure, again, we've done this before, but we get the background of this. It all starts with Paul. He's a missionary, and he goes to the Galatian Christians. There, Well, he goes to the Galatians before they're Christians. He tells them about Jesus Christ. He proclaims the gospel, the good news, that you can be accepted by God if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. He says, this is the gospel. This is the good news. The Galatian Christians accept it. They become very excited. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul heads back to Antioch. The problem comes when this group of people down here, the final step Christians in the Jerusalem area, they've been raised Jewish. They're concerned about what Paul has taught them. They say, yeah, we believe in Jesus, but Paul hasn't hasn't done everything that he should do. So they go up to the Galatian Christians and they say, let us tell you what the real gospel is. Yes, it's, you need faith in Jesus plus something else, plus several things. They said, you know, it's, you got to believe in Jesus, but you also have to be circumcised. And, and, and you must not eat, you must not go out to eat on Sunday. That's a big no-no, Sabbath, Saturday for them. But you must not do that. You must not eat bacon. And, and basically what they were saying is you must become more like us. <laughs> You must become Jewish. You must become kind of like we are in order, because we know what God wants, right? We are God's chosen people, and so you need to become more like us, and then you can come to Christ. Then you can be fully accepted by Christ. Then you can do that. They go down to, to, to Jerusalem. They go back. Paul hears about this, and that's what he's upset about. And so he writes Galatians, and basically what he says in Galatians is these final step Christians... These final step Christians are not giving you the true gospel. What they're telling you is a pack of lies. It's not true. It's not Jesus plus anything else. Let me remind you of what the true gospel is. And then Paul goes on, and he, and he basically, the, the heart of Galatians is that the true gospel proclaims that we are accepted by God because of faith in Jesus alone. And it's that Jesus alone part that, that, that Paul has been focusing on, that, that clear teaching that it's not Jesus plus obedience. It's not Jesus plus circumcision. It's not Jesus plus becoming Jewish. It's not Jesus plus becoming Dutch. It's not Jesus plus anything else. It is Jesus alone. We are accepted by God because of that. Now, he's going to touch on that in today's section that we're going to look at. But it, it, he starts to transition here to, to being accepted by God. He wants to talk more about what that means. He wants to talk more about what it means to, to be and to feel like, what does it happen? When we, when we accept Jesus Christ into our lives, we're accepted by God. But what does that feel like? What does that look like? What does it mean to be accepted by God? And, and what he's going to say, he's going to say, you know what it feels like? It's like going from being a slave like being a slave, like having no rights, like having no life, to have no say, no vote, no right, no privilege, nothing at all. Somebody else controls your life for having no control to being a slave, right? From being a slave to being a son or a daughter, to being in the big house, to being in God's family, to being there. 
in order to understand how kind of this works out, we've got to understand a little bit about the situation in Paul's day, okay? Um, and, and so I want to talk about social categories in the Roman world. In the world in which Paul lived, there were social categories. Every society has categories, right? I mean, you've got different groups, different classes of people. In Rome, the, the big division, the, the two big ones, were between free people on the one side and slaves on the other, right? Now, the, the, the free people, about 60% of the people were free, and about 40% were slaves. Maybe a little higher on this. It changed over time. But, but those two groups, there were free people and there were slaves. And, and for the slaves, let's talk about them, they were basically all in the same boat, okay? They were basically all in the same situation. I mean, it was better to have a good master, but it was not good to be a slave no matter what, because you were basically property, you could be bought, you could be sold, you could be killed, nobody would care. Because, I mean, I can do what I want with my property. I want to burn my sofa, I can burn my sofa. I want to kill my slave, I can kill my slave, because it belongs to me. And that's what you are when you're a slave. You belong to somebody else. You, 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 whatever they want to do with you, you can. And, and, and so you were considered property, you had no rights, slaves could not vote, they could not do any of that stuff. That's what Paul says we are. We're slaves. Now, among the free people, there were some other divisions, okay? There were some other groupings. There were patricians and plebeians. These were kind of the same. They were the elite. They were the important people. I'll talk about the difference between them in just a minute, all right? But you got to understand, you know, 60% of the people were free, but very few people had it really, really good. These people did. The patricians and the plebeians, they had it made. Down here were citizens. They weren't they weren't wealthy. Uh, they, they didn't have a lot of power. Some didn't even have the right to vote. And then, let's be honest, way down here and partially into the slave category was women. I mean, yeah, 60% were free, but a free woman wasn't really free. She was considered property. She wasn't technically a slave, but she was considered property. And, and she didn't really, you know, and so, so this is where it is. Now, one of the things we've got to understand is that the patricians, the difference between the patricians and the plebeians... For the patricians, what, what made them patricians is they were born into it. You could only be a patrician by birth. A plebeian might have as much money. A plebeian might have as much power, but they weren't old family. The only way you could get into the patrician group was by birth or by adoption. Okay, those two things. In order to get into kind of the elite you had to be born into it. You couldn't just buy your way into it. You couldn't work your way into it. You couldn't become a patrician unless you got adopted, all right? One other thing to note, and, and this is important, okay, and that is that children, all children were basically in the slave category. Until you reached a certain age, you were considered a slave, not technically, legally, but functionally, you had no rights, you were a piece of property, your parents could do what they wanted with you, your father could, again, father could kill his son and say, hey, it's my property, no legal right, no legal ramification, I mean, it was just, that's what it meant, so all the children were in the slave category, even if they were the children of free parents, okay, even the children born of free fathers, of free parents, they, they were still, until they reached that certain age, they were considered to be slaves. They, were, they had no rights. They had no property. Okay, now that, that's what Paul is going to describe for us, and, and we'll get to how it impacts us really soon, all right? So what Paul says in Galatians 4, we'll come back to Galatians 3.26, that's where we're going to get to eventually, but Galatians 4, Paul says, what, am I, what I am saying that is, is that as long as an heir is underage, and as long as that person is underage, as long as they have not reached the age of adulthood, 
as long as that heir is underage, there is no, he is no different from a slave. No more rights, no more, no more good things. He's no different than a slave, although he owns the whole estate. All right, he's the son of a patrician. He's going to be wealthy someday. But until that day, he's got nothing. He's like a slave. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. And last week, Eric said, the guardian, not like your friend. The guardian is not a nice guy. The guardian just kept you alive and beat you and did whatever. But you had a guardian. So, so the kids are in this category. Even children born of a free father are slaves. And, and, and so now... Those are the categories. Now, Paul wants to move this, talk about social categories, not in the Roman world, but in, in Paul's worldview, in a biblical worldview, in the way of the world. He's going to use the same two categories of free people and slaves, all right? And so he says this, Galatians 4.3, he says, so also. I mean, just like a, an heir, a son of a patrician, is basically a slave when he's underage, Paul says this, so also, when we were underage, that's before Jesus, it's not like under 21, for Paul, what makes us of age is Jesus. So without Jesus Christ, everybody's under age. If, if you're still looking and, and haven't committed your life to Jesus Christ, in the, Paul's world, you're still under age, okay? You're still not mature, okay? So we were there. And, and just to make clear, Paul says every human being ever is part of that we. So every human being ever is a slave. We were in slavery without Jesus. We were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. So that's the human situation in the Bible's worldview, all right? We are all slaves. We are all slaves to sin. We're slaves to selfishness. We, we are incurably curved in on ourselves. We can't think of others. We can't love others the way we want to. We, we are just slaves to sin, to pushing ourselves, to selfishness, to the powers of this world, to the darkness, to the dark power. I mean, we're slaves to them. They control us as it were they own us as it were and even Paul would say to a degree we are slaves to the law even this good thing from God this law has put us in slavery it's a guardian that has kept us there so again if we go to this back to to categories in Paul's world we free people is zero slaves is a hundred percent all right so everybody whether we know it or not we are all slaves let's take a look at this and we'll come back to the image that Eric introduced last week that garden image there, right? Free land is on the left. It's where God created us to be. It's a beautiful place with, with streams and, and swimming pools and teeter-totters. And, and that's where God created us to be. Slave world is, the slave land there is, is to the right, okay? And, and that's where we are because of sin. Because we said to God, we don't want you to be our father. We want to be in charge of ourselves. We want to take care of our own lives. We'll do it our way. Because we said that to God, we put ourselves into slave land. And not just us, Paul says, every human being. Every human being who has ever existed is here in slave land. Now, here's something interesting to, to pay attention to. Slave land, not only is it tough because we toil, we work, we sweat, it's hard, it's difficult, all of those things. It's not only that that, in slave land, we tend to get into groups stronger. We get to get it divided, all right? So we divide, along, we divide along ethnic lines, right? The color of our skin. White people get together with white people, black people with black people. You know, I mean, wherever you are, you, you get together with people who are like you. And so we have those divisions. We're divided along economic lines. You know, if I'm, if I'm an upper-middle-class person, I generally hang out with upper-middle-class people because the upper ones above me won't accept me, and I don't want to accept the ones below me. 
And, and so we generally get divided along those lines, and we get divided along gender lines. And so this is what it's like in slave land. This is like what it's like here. This is where we are. We are all in this place. And that's why Paul says, also, when we were underage, before Jesus, we were all in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. Paul says, even, even if we're children of a free father, and here he's talking about Abraham, okay? You see, the Jewish people said, no, we're, we're different than them. We're not, Abraham is our father, and God has made a promise to Abraham, and so we're different. We're, we're not in the same kind of slavery as everybody else. We're special. And they were. There's some truth to that. They were special. But this is how it goes. Again, let's come back here. So what happens is God chooses. Here's this. This is Abraham here, all right? So God comes and he chooses Abraham. And he says, I'm going to work through you to bless the whole world. He says, Abraham, through you, I will bless the entire world. God wants to save everybody, right? God wants to save all of the people in slave land, but he's going to come, and he says, Abraham, I'm going to work through you. And, and, and that's good news. So Abraham and Sarah, his wife, they're happy, right? They're, they've been chosen by God. God's made this promise, and they live. They're still in slave land. They're still there, but God has given them a promise. God has given that to them. And so it wasn't always perfect. Sometimes it was good. Sometimes it was not so good. It wasn't always perfect, but it went on, and, and, and some bad things happened. They ended up in slavery and, and, and 430 years later, okay, God sends Moses, another guy, all right? God sends Moses. Now this, Abraham has changed to Moses, all right? God sends Moses to lead the people out of, out of Egypt, out of slavery, literal slavery, to bring them back to the land. And, 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 and again, they experience a level sort of a freedom, but they're still in slave land. And then God says, okay, Moses, here's my law. Obey it. All of it. Okay, this is how you live as my people. And, and he gives the law. And, 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 and as we talked about, on the one hand, this is God's word, so it's got to be good. But on the other hand, it becomes, in a sense, another fence. <laughs> it, it becomes another fence that keeps us in. It keeps us in slavery. And so over the course of time, they discover that it's not so good. And, 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 and that pedagogue is there, and the law beats them up, and they can't quite get out of it, all right? And so... And, and, and so it's difficult, and it's painful, and they're sad. And so that's the situation. All of us are slaves. The Jews have kind of their special place. They have the law, and it's good, but it's bad because it keeps them in a special prison. If they could obey it, they could get over it, but they can't obey it. None of us could. We're all stuck. All right, so that's the situation. Now we get Jesus coming into the picture. Paul says, but. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So Jesus comes from heaven. That was Christmas. All right. And he's, he's born of a woman, born like he takes on our brokenness. He takes on our sin and he lives among us. All right. When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? To redeem, to save, to bring acceptance, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So we might be moved. We don't have to be slaves any longer, but we can be boys and girls, sons and daughters of the king of kings, that we can get adopted into the ultimate patrician family, okay? Jesus came so that we could have that, all right? So we go back to this. Jesus goes over and, and deals with the law. He lives a perfect life, and then he dies on the cross, and he rises again, and he gets the t-shirt, and, and, and that's how we know he's risen again. And so he does that. That satisfies the law. He comes over here, and, and Jesus moves into free land, okay? 
the first thing I want to suggest Jesus does in Freeland is he changes the name. Of course, to Graceland. It's Graceland. Wise men say only Jesus. No, sorry. Uh, but, okay, it's Graceland. I just like that. Okay, so that's where Jesus is. And he says to his Jewish disciples, he says, guess what? Come on, you can be changed. You can get the t-shirt. Put on my death. Rise again with me. And they come in there. And, and that's where we are. That's what it means to be accepted by God. We get to live in Graceland, all right? God is the ultimate patrician. And he adopts us because of Jesus Christ. That's salvation. That's what it means to be accepted by God. And and I don't know if we can ever really grasp this, that we are sons and daughters of the king if we are in Christ. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Don't let anybody tell you you're worthless. Don't let anybody tell you you're a slave. Don't tell anybody tell you you can't do better, that you'll never become anything, that you'll never amount to anything. Because if you belong to Christ, you have been adopted into the family. You are the son or the daughter of the king of kings and the lord of lords. And you have all the benefits. You are living in Graceland. We are forgiven We get to live in Graceland. We have an amazing number of rights and privileges. We get to talk to our Father in Heaven. We get to talk to the Creator of the universe in prayer, just directly to Him. And He listens to what we have to say. He cares about the struggles that we have. Amazing rights and privileges, security. He'll never let us go. In the midst of the brokenness, we still live in a broken world, but we have security because God will never let us go. We're free we are loved. We are children of God. That's what Paul says in, 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 in Galatians 3, going back to verse 26. He says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Think about that. You are a child of God, completely forgiven. You're not a slave. In, in, in slave land, nothing we do makes a difference. In slave land, we can't change anything. But in grace land, grace land, we're free. We can make a difference. And, and, and we have privileges. It's an amazing thing for all of you who are baptized into Christ. Have clothed yourselves with Christ, okay? So that's our situation. We are in grace land. Now, again, but so far we only have Jewish people in grace land, right? We just have the Jewish people there. The, the early Christians discovered something that was amazing and true, and, and basically all the early Christians agreed on it, and that is that the good news, the gospel, is for the Gentiles too. Okay? The gospel is for the Gentiles too. Paul said that, and the final step Christians said that. They said, yes, the gospel is for the Gentiles. Jesus died for the Gentiles as well, for the Greeks and the Romans and for all of those people. Jesus died for them, and they need to know it. But here's the difference. Let me show you what the first, the final step Christians, how they viewed this, okay? What happened? Let's look at the, we'll do the bright yellow people, okay? Let's, they, they hear the good news about Jesus Christ, and they accept that. They become Christians. But here's what the final step Christians, this is what the big fight was about in Galatians, okay? Here's what they said. They said, okay, yep, you can come to Graceland, but what you have to do is you have to become Jewish first. The way you become uh, into Graceland is through this door, okay? And, and you, have to, you have to do some things. You have to become Jewish. So you change your skin color, and you, then you can start to get the T-shirt. And then once you got that, then when you're, when you're like us, then you can come in. Ever been to a church like that? 
Boy, are we sometimes guilty of that. It's not even coming through our door. Paul says, you're nuts. This is not the gospel. Yes, the good news is for Gentiles. Yes, we're saved by faith. But they don't have to go through the Jewish door. Paul says, let me tell you, and, and he did this earlier in Galatians, but let me tell you my story. I was there in slave land, and Paul was not one of the first Christians. If you remember, Paul was killing the first Christians. He was using his hoe not to build, do the soil. He was using it to whack the heads of Christians, and he wanted to kill them. He wanted to stop them. Paul says, this is where I was. But Jesus came to me, knocked me off my horse, knocked me to the ground on my backside, because Jesus said, hey, Paul, you're saved by grace too. I died for you, and it's real. Paul accepts that. He gets the T-shirt. He goes, and he's with Jesus. And here's what happened in that first encounter. Again, Paul tells us about it. We read it earlier in Galatians. You can read it in Acts a couple different places. Jesus says, hey, Paul, get this. I'm going to tell you this. It's, they're not getting it right. But Gentiles don't have to go through the Jewish gate. Gentiles don't have to go through the Jewish door. That part is wrong. Yes, I'm for the Gentiles, but they can come right in. And Jesus says, watch this. Okay, watch. You see what, what's going to happen? And, and, and Paul watches as, boom. <laughs> there it goes. And it's all gone. Now go tell him. Go tell him, Jesus says. And that's what Paul does. He goes into slave land, to the Gentiles, to Galatia. He says, dudes, hey, everyone, come to Graceland. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. And, and some accept, some don't, but some accept, and, 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 and they experience God's love, and they get the T-shirt, they clothe themselves with Christ, and they come over into Graceland, all right? And that's what it's like in Graceland. You don't have to go through the Jewish door. You don't have to go through the Dutch door. You don't have to go through the rich door. You don't have to go through the poor door. You go, we, we, we come because of faith in Christ. Again, back to 326. So in Christ Jesus, you are all, every single one of you. If you are in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. Not just the Jews, but it's Jews and Gentiles. It's Koreans and Romanians. It's Mexicans and even some Canadians. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. You got the t-shirt, you're part of the family, okay? You are part of the family. And so Paul says, you know what it's like to be accepted by God? It's like becoming a son or a daughter. But it's also something else. It's getting rid of all those divisions. See, in Graceland, the old divisions, they don't work. In, In the Graceland, in the church, in the kingdom... All those things that divided us don't work because, again, Paul's argument is clear, right? It's, if we are sons and daughters of God, we're brothers and sisters. We're a part of the same family. We're brothers and sisters. And then Paul says in Galatians 3.28, some of the most powerful words. This is a great—we talk about different verses to memorize. This is a great verse to memorize from Galatians because Paul says, you know what? In the family of God, there is neither Jew nor Gentile neither slave nor free. There is no male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Whoa. (laughs) Boom, right? (laughs) I mean, that's an amazing thing. That's unbelievable. Think about that in our culture, if we could actually do that. There is no Jew or Gentile, no white or black or yellow or red or brown. There is no Jew or Gentile. There is no slave nor free, neither is there male nor female, 
but we are all one in Christ Jesus. So what that means is these old dividing lines, they try to make their way into Graceland. And we got to keep saying no. We got to keep we got to keep fighting against them. Cuz if we're sons and daughters of the kings, we're brothers and sisters. And, and and anybody who's a son or a daughter of the king is a brother or a sister to me. And we can't let anything get away in that. You are all one in Christ Jesus. The old lines don't matter. Now, let's recognize I want to camp on this for just a couple of moments here. Let's recognize that there are still differences. It's not that there aren't any differences. It's just that these differences don't separate us. They must never, ever, ever be allowed to separate us because we are all one in Jesus Christ. So let's just real quick touch on those. First one, neither Jew nor Gentile. Again, there are different differences between people. We have different skin color. It's not like you become a Christian and you become a certain color. Right? That doesn't change. You maintain that. God designed that. God created us with different cultures. We still have different different cultures. We still have different ways of doing things. You know, Daniel has Romanian ways, and he eats Romanian food. And I say that with some disappointment. No, it's actually wonderful. Felicia's a great cook. But, But, you know, we still have different ways of doing things. We have different ways of doing things. But what we do in Graceland is we celebrate those differences. What we do in Graceland is we enjoy those differences. In fact, I love this. For, for this fall, one of the things Daniel's doing is, is outreach, kind of along with Alpha, part of Alpha, a little bit of kind of making something new. Is, I, think, I think you're going to do it. We'll see. But, but having kind of just different ethnic nights. So have a Cuban night. We're going to eat beans and rice. It's, it's really not very good. So No, it'll be good. But, but, I mean, to have a Cuban night and eat Cuban food, listen to Cuban music, and, 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 and we'll have, you know, whatever, a Korean night, and, and we'll eat Korean food, kimchi and whatever, and we'll celebrate that and, and, then, and then throw up. Uh, no, and then, you know, I mean, but it's, you know, we, we celebrate those things. In Graceland, it's like, that is so cool, not that stupid. And we try it, and, and, if it's, and if it's a brother's food, if it's brother's music, it's mine. And, and, and I want to celebrate that. I want to learn that. I want to enjoy that. I want to eat that. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. Here's economic classes. Again, we're in different situations. But we don't let those situations divide us or determine the value of it. And the church doesn't matter. And we have to keep fighting for that. We take care of each other. Rich take care of poor. Poor take care of rich. And we help, and we give, and we serve. There's neither male nor female. Again, it doesn't mean that there's no genders. There are still males and females. But what it means, and this was radical in Paul's day, and it still needs to be radical in our day, is that, that both are of great value and, 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 and of equal value and of equal ability. And so in the kingdom, in Graceland, we celebrate those things. For you are all one in Christ Jesus because if you belong to Christ, 329, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, right? Okay, your children, if everybody is, if you are a son or a daughter of God, you are brother and sister of the rest of us. And so we, we take together a family portrait. That's the church. That's the church. Now that's what the church is supposed to be. Because we're not there yet. Too often those Dividing lines make their way in, and we need to fight against them. So how do we do that? Just going to mention the answer today. We'll come back to it. How do we become that? Paul's answer is, is the Holy Spirit. 
It's the Holy Spirit, learning to live the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Back to Galatians 4. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out Abba, Father, the Spirit who makes us brothers and sisters, the Spirit who helps us dare to believe that we are indeed sons and daughters of God. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Friends, we are sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And now, it's time for the family meal. That's why this meal, this communion is so important. It's the family meal, and we come, red and yellow, black and white. All are precious in God's sight. We come, those with money to buy and those without money to buy, because it's free, and none of us can afford it. We come as the body of Christ, and we eat and we drink. And if you're visiting with us, but you're part of the body of Christ, then join us. If you're part of the body of Christ, if you're a child of God, then join us as we come to the table and as we recognize that we are all one in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, that's just amazing to say that. We say that in prayer all the time. Father, Abba, Daddy, you love us. And we still can't imagine, really, that we get to live in your graceland. We just can't really believe that we get to live in your presence. So remind us of your goodness. Feed us at your table. It's too good to understand, but not too good to be true. So feed us at your table and teach us to be one. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.